This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Earners, what's up? Look, today I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind, a real weight on my shoulders. You know, we all have these moments, big or small, that just stick with us. When we don't talk about these things, then they can start to affect our lives in unexpected ways. That's why having a space to express these feelings is so important. I know firsthand the benefits of therapy. It's been transformative for my friends and family. Therapy can help you learn crucial skills like setting boundaries and developing coping strategies. It's not just about dealing with major events. It's also about enhancing your day-to-day life, allowing you to become the best version of yourself. So if you've been thinking about therapy, BetterHelp can be a great option for you. It's entirely online, which makes it super convenient and adaptable to your busy schedule. You start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can even switch therapists at any time if you feel the need without any additional cost. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EarnYourLeisure today to get 10% off your first month. Remember, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EarnYourLeisure. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Artificial intelligence is obviously taking over the world, um, but very few people are empowered to actually program these 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 artificial intelligence programs right um and consciously or subconsciously the artificial intelligence is getting programmed in the likeness of the person that's actually programming it right with their ingrained biases with their ingrained opinions with it's just human nature um very very few black people very few women very few a variety of anybody other than a certain tech group of white men are actually in position to shape how artificial intelligence thinks which could be extremely dangerous because if you have three percent of the popular one percent of the population that's programming 100 percent of artificial intelligence the artificial intelligence is going to think just like the one percent of the programmers 
and they're going to have, like I said, biases. So now you have artificial intelligence that's racist, that has bias based on the programming that has been done. So are you guys thinking about that? And if so, are you having any um, level of input or are you looking to enforce some regulation on the programming of artificial intelligence so that it has some level of more diversity as far as the computers, the way that they're actually programmed to think? It's a great question. So the administration has issued an executive order on artificial intelligence. Um, there's a lot of factors and a lot of planks, but um, to your point, one of the most important aspects of that executive order is that AI needs to be safe and that there needs to be testing and um, that it should be free of those kinds of biases. Um, but I think that the problem that you've just teed up I think uh, goes back to why antitrust is so important. Um, antitrust is about the dispersion of economic opportunity. It's about removing um, structural barriers to economic opportunity. And the very fact that a small number of people, whoever they are, can control the market experiences of potentially hundreds of millions of Americans um, and people globally is just like right on the nose about what antitrust is intended to enforce. And so to me, it sets up uh, a choice between two paradigms. Um, one is trying to fix um, flawed inputs, trying to make sure that, um, you know, data sets and, and the objective function of some of these algorithms is, uh, you know, doesn't offend uh, law and policy for good reason. And, and there are some people who favor that. As an antitrust enforcer, I'm thinking about the entire power problem. And so to me, I would not want one company, a small number of companies to have such outsized power. And so I favor um, structural approaches, um, which is to say, making sure that there isn't that kind of power in the first instance over AI. Um, and again, that is that is consistent with the anti-monopoly tradition in this country and the spirit of the antitrust laws, right? Like our first antitrust law um, is called the Sherman Act and Senator John Sherman um, makes these impassioned pleas on uh, the floor of the Senate uh, in 1890. And he says that this stuff is antithetical to our form of government, that if we wouldn't endure a uh, an emperor, we shouldn't endure the autocrats of trade. And I think that that's really resonant now, right? Like we we think about um, the dominance of these companies and how four men, uh, you know, maybe a few others are again having outsized control of every aspect of American life. And I I don't believe it can be justified um, on legal antitrust grounds or just um, basic notions of uh, uh, the foundations for democracy. Um, any thoughts on what could be done to help uh, Black-owned banks close the gap between how many of us are doing business with them versus their counterparts like J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, et cetera? Sure. So banks are uh, special financial institutions, and um, there's actually uh, a long history of how antitrust has been concerned about um, the financiers in consolidating important industries. Um, at the Antitrust Division, we're thinking about bank merger policy 
um, because we know that 49% uh, of all black households in America are actually underbanked um, compared to just 15% of white Americans. Um, and those statistics are according to the Federal Reserve. Um, and black Americans are looking to costlier and often uh, predatory alternatives um, to banking institutions. And so the other problem is that um, when there's a lot of consolidation of banks, they become less uh, sensitive to the needs of communities, um, which ultimately affects the wealth of communities. And so we are rethinking our bank merger guidelines to be um, more lucid to all of the ways that bank merger consolidation can really harm communities when uh, they are further and further away um, from communities. Um, I should also say that there's a huge role of other uh, federal agencies to include the Federal Reserve, um, the CFPB, uh, the OCC, and others who are tasked with thinking about all of the non-antitrust and all of the non-competition reasons um, to either permit bank mergers or not. And one of those important factors is convenience and need factors. Um, and so I suspect that they will be more um, focused on the needs of communities uh, because the consequences um, can really have awful knock-on effects for Black business formation, um, Black home ownership. You know, and it's not just Black people, right? There's, uh, you know, really harrowing accounts of um, how bank consolidation has hurt folks all across the country and how mergers have really hollowed out the middle of the country, which um, has a number of social, political, um, and economic consequences, uh, you know, for all of us and, and for the health of our democracy. Yeah, the, the banking numbers, the statistics are pretty alarming. The six largest banks uh, companies have amassed as many assets as all other bank holding companies combined. I mean, these these numbers are, are pretty startling. There's one last statistic I want to read you here. The One United, the largest Black-owned bank in the U.S., manages 60, $625 million in assets in comparison. Bank of America manages nearly $2.5 And so those numbers are pretty staggering. When we talk about monopoly, it, it feels, right, when we saw what happened with regional banks, yeah. uh, we saw what happened with uh, minority-owned banks as they continue to, continue to consolidate that gap will widen even further. I want to go back to something that Shadi was talking about when we talk about artificial intelligence. I wonder how you guys are approaching this in the terms of the job market. When we talk about working wage, when we talk about workers, there's a fear from people that jobs will be replaced and automation will become at the forefront of, of the new job movement. A lot of those jobs will are probably uh, be taken are manned by people that look like us right now. And so how are we looking at this from an anti- competitive uh, standpoint? You know, uh, there's an entire um, body of research on um, the failures of competition in labor markets that uh, if we had another five hours to talk about, uh, I would love to take you through all of it. Um, on the AI example in particular, um, I think that there are already uh, realized fears of how artificial intelligence can make the conditions of work um, or the availability of work uh, more tenuous. Um, you know, it is a fact that technological innovation um, can wipe out a number of jobs. Um, sometimes that's for reasons having nothing to do with violations of law um, to include the antitrust laws. Um, but other times when uh, there are 
really stark asymmetries of power between employers and their workers, um, there's good reason to think about whether there's a competition problem in the market. Um, I recently read, uh, and I won't name the company, uh, but I recently read that uh, uh, one of the sharing economy companies uh, uh, is thinking about using um, AI to uh, figure out what wages or fares to offer workers. And that struck me as remarkably uh, concerning, uh, if not dystopian, um, it is worth thinking more about uh, whether there are failures of competition or market structures that allow them to do that. But the fact is some people are very desperate. And if your prior willingness to take extremely low wages um, essentially means that companies are going to offer you more of that, um, that is a reason to be concerned. And so we are uh, taking all of this information in at the Justice Department. We're thinking deeply about it. Um, and if we believe that the facts and the law warrant law enforcement on those issues, we will not hesitate to do so. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 